Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. Don't judge according to appearance. Judge with righteous judgment. You go, how do you do that? Well, there are times when you just need to step back and commit a situation to the Lord. You don't need to engage in murmuring and gossiping and slander. You just got to step back, keep your eyes on the Lord, get back to a close, deep relationship. I know things are going on around you. I know it's difficult and hard. I may not be able to experience the degree of difficulty that you're going in, but I get it. I know life's hard. I know it throws a few punches here and there that just like Jesus said in this world, you have tribulation. I get it. I may not know exactly what you're going through, but I understand. I'm with you. I'm side by side with you. Be careful not to judge according to appearance. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that the Lord wants. Just righteous judgment. Let the word of God be your guide. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Jesus was the only person in history that lived the perfect life here on earth, and yet he was attacked. Why? Well, because he told the truth. And as his followers, we can expect similar treatment as we take a stand for the truth, as truth is always divisive. That comes shining through the passage before us on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're in John chapter 7. Now, there are some things we shouldn't be dividing over or arguing about, and Pastor Ed touches on that as we begin. People make up things to argue, and while we're arguing, there's a world that's dying and going to hell. And then they're looking on at the church and going, man, they can't even decide what Bible to use. It's not compelling. Now, some of these things, certainly we could take a stand. We do ourselves. But, you know, there's not always, it's not, sometimes an argument's just based with two views and there's other options. Like, for example, between Calvinism and Arminianism, there's another option, and that's neither. Neither. You don't subscribe to either one of those sets of doctrine from man, even though I can find good things in both of them. We just want to stick close to the Scriptures. Well, you've got to make a decision. I am neither. And I don't want to argue about it. I don't have time to argue about it. When I was younger in the faith, I argued about everything and wasted a lot of time. But I'm getting older. The coming of the Lord is getting sooner. It's sooner now than it ever has been before. I'm watching. I'm watching the reality of life and death. And I'm sensing and realizing that I don't have time, personally. I don't have time to spend arguing about things that are of no eternal significance. What I do have time is to invest my life in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know, I get emails all week from people that are connected, primarily from the radio ministry around the country, and I get emails of some new thing that happened on the news or some new political thing, and they want my opinion as a pastor. And they're asking, it's a very good email. Maybe you've emailed me before, and I just got one this week on, on a particular topic that's real popular right now, and, and I'll give you the answer. So if you email me in the future about what my opinion is on some hot-button topic, I'll tell you, this is pretty much going to be the same answer. You're going to get the same answer. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to share something from the Word from you. And for this brother, I shared, I said, look, this is my answer. It's very specific. I just copied and pasted the scripture. I said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. That was my answer. They go, but Ed, you didn't answer the hot button topic. I did. Because you know what? My opinion doesn't matter. 
It really doesn't matter. You don't need my opinion. And I do have opinions on things. I certainly do. I have opinions on things, but I've learned over the years my opinions change, situations change, but the Word of God never changes. And so I just stick to the Word of God and I say, look, look, I don't, I'm not going to offer you my opinion. I'm just going to give you the Word of God and I'm going to compel you to the Word of God and the grace of God. That's what I'm going to do. And so if you want to email me, great. I'll, I'll pray over your email and I'll send you a scripture. If you want to complain about something, I've got a special email for you. I-A-N at calvaryaurora.org. Ian loves to take care of those for us. I'm just kidding, just kidding. But you know what, guys? The time is short. And I just love the example here of Jesus and there's truth right in the midst of people. It's, I mean, imagine, you know, if there's something going on in the city. Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And, and we did have something, a tragedy in our city not too many years ago. A tragedy. Many of you were affected by it. And everybody's talking, everybody's talking. You know what we're doing? We're ministering. We're ministering. We don't have time to talk about it. Let's get in and serve people. Let's get in and get grief counseling. Let's get in and share the gospel. Let's get in and make sure that we are serving people at that level. And and yeah, people are going to talk and everybody's talking about it. But you know what? At one point, the talk's going to end. And guess who's still here? The people. And because we've been building bridges with people and we're here in our city, even if something else happens in our city where we're the talk of the town and the talk of the nation, hey, look, while everybody's talking, we're going to be ministering and we're going to be serving people. And I compel you to consider that in your own life. How much time have you wasted in your life with your opinions and just trying to jump in and take sides? Certainly you can do that before the Lord, but understand the value of that and really consider the value of that in reaching someone else with the word of God and the love of his grace. So, so vital. Now, back in John chapter 7, so important. The disciples avoid the division. How? By sticking close to the Lord, just making that decision. So about the middle of the feast, verse 14, Jesus went up to the temple and taught... And that is a primary thing that Jesus did. He taught. He taught. He was a teacher. That's the primary method of discipleship is to be taught. So when the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone wants to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it's from God or whether I speak on my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. He's like, I came from the Father. I'm sharing what the Father has given me. I'm not seeking my own glory. I'm coming to bring you in right relationship with God. And this blew the people away. You know why? The rabbis and the spiritual leaders, this was a season of them drawing people to them. It was all about them. They were wanting to rule over the people. They were wanting to control people and use religion to do that. Jesus blew them out of the water with his love and his mercy and his grace and his teaching. His teaching was different. He didn't teach. He didn't teach like the rabbis because the rabbis would say, thus saith the Lord. You know what Jesus would say? This is what I say to you. Remember, he said, you have heard it said in the Sermon on the Mount, and you have heard it said, but I say to you. He spoke with authority. He spoke with humility. He spoke with clarity. In another point in the gospel, it says of Jesus that the common people heard him gladly. He was understandable. He was relatable for obvious reasons. But notice what they marveled at at this point. I don't want you to miss this. It says, the Jews marvel, verse 15, because this man doesn't know letters. Now, this isn't saying, hey, how does Jesus teach? He doesn't even know the Hebrew alphabet. That's not what they're saying here. This is a technical phrase. Today, we would say something like this. Hey, how does this man 
How, how they, they mar- the Jews marveled, saying, how does this man know letters having never gone to seminary? How does he know the letters and he hasn't been trained? How, how can he share such, with such power and clarity and he hasn't gone through? You see, in that day, there was a system of education that would come through the rabbis. Everyone would come through a stream of rabbis and those rabbis would be their mentors and they would teach like their rabbi. Because like Jesus said, Rabbi Jesus said, he would tell us that every student... Every student that's perfectly trained will what? Become like his teacher. And so they were listening to him. He doesn't sound like any of the rabbis. He hasn't gone to any formal education. He hasn't committed himself to the education processes. And yet he's inspiring and encouraging. And he's, man, he knows the letters. He understands the word. It's encouraging that throughout the years, the followers of Jesus were seen in the same light. Acts chapter 4, they were accused of being untrained, uneducated men, which was meant to speak down on them as if they weren't worthy to be men teaching on behalf of God. Uneducated, untrained. And so what do we do here at Calvary? We emphasize the empowering work of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want you to know that the second that you were born again put you in a capable place to tell someone about the love of God. You were in the ministry one second after you were born again. And you were capable of serving the Lord one minute after you were born again. One hour after you were born again. One week, one month, one year. Even if you look at yourself, well, I've never been to school. Listen, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit dwells in you and the Holy Spirit is your teacher. He will lead you into all truth. He will illuminate the scriptures that you once didn't understand. He will bring to remembrance the things that you were taught. And some of you, you weren't able to go to school. Like I wasn't able to go to school in those early days of my life was so backwards and, and just wrecked in sin that I had to, I had to work double time to, to provide for my young family. Uh, I didn't have the opportunity to go to school. And, and so knowing that the Lord can use someone that's uneducated and untrained, man, that encouraged me. But let me say this. With that being said, this overwhelming emphasis on the, upon the empowering work of the Holy Spirit, sometimes I will be accused of being anti-education. And it's not true. I'm not anti-education whatsoever. I believe that education is a good thing. There are some really good Christian universities out there. There are some really good seminaries. There are some really good Bible colleges. And if you have the opportunity to take advantage of them, find a good one and go for it. I've taught, I've I've raised all my kids, both my boys. um, My boy Eddie's in heaven now, but he got two degrees. Uh, My son Josh got his bachelor's degree. As as I raise my kids, my daughter, she has a desire to go into education. So I'm putting her in the path of getting the right education. Why? Because education in our culture opens doors. I I want you to go get as much as you can, as fast as you can. And if you're my kids, as cheap as you can. (laughs) And I'm serious. You laugh. I'm serious. But I am am fully supportive of those that want to educate themselves, especially spiritually. And then I'm in no way against good, godly training and education. However, however, I'm not supportive of you leaning on that education and thinking that's the only thing that qualifies you for ministry. It doesn't. God can use uneducated, untrained men. He can use trained and educated men and women. He goes, it's the spirit of God and the presence of God, the anointing of God that matters. So if you have the opportunity to get education, go for it. Get it as early as you can, as much as you can, because it's going to open doors for you. And I say, go for it. Because who knows what God's going to call you into. He knows what he's going to do in 10 years if he tarries. That you want those open doors so you can take the gospel into places that I'll never be able to go to. But be careful when you choose education. Be careful that you don't lean on the arm of education. 
Be careful that you're like, well, you know, I can never really serve the Lord unless I get educated. No, just read your Bible and pray. God will train you and equip you, and he'll use you. Are are you working in a customer service job? You're in the ministry right now. Read your Bible and be ready. Are you delivering things? You're in the ministry right now. Are you a doctor? Are you a dentist? Are are you a nurse? Are you a physician's assistant? Are you a dental hygienist? Are you, you name it, you're in IT, you work for the government up at Buckley, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, you are in the ministry. And how will you be prepared? Read your Bible and pray and the Holy Spirit will train you to be the man, the woman that he wants you to be wherever you are. For just the sake of repeating, I'm not against education but I am against those that would elevate education over the anointing of God. And so be careful. Be careful that you don't trust in the arm of man. There there are many institutions, even many churches, that wouldn't even consider allowing me to teach in their pulpit because I don't have a degree. Now, that's not entirely true now. I used to be able to say I don't have a degree. But recently, I just got my associate's degree from Calvary Chapel Bible College. It's hanging on my wall. Don't let that impress you. Don't let that impress you. There's a whole story behind it. But I took some classes at Calvary Chapel Downey. They had a little school there. I took some classes at night. And, and I finished their whole program. And then right when I finished, they created a Bible college. I said, well, great. I just did all the same classes. Can that count toward? And they said, no. And so each time I'd go back, another couple years, I'd go, man, I did all this work. Can I at least I get the paper? But now 15 years into pastoring a church, I finally got some kind of degree. <laughs> it's right there. But it's no big deal. It really is no big deal because God's the one that puts into ministry. God's the one that anoints. And and so great, I have an associate's degree, but even greater, I have the Lord. I have the Lord in my life, and you do too. You do too. And with the tools that are available today, I mean, you guys got stuff we didn't have 20 years ago, you know. I mean, you, you have, 20 years ago, I could not take my phone out, open up a Bible app, and on my Bible app, I can just hit the word and keep my finger on it, and it will pop up with more on the Greek or the Hebrew than my little mind can contain. I mean, I, had to, I used to have eight or seven or eight books open on my desk when I was studying, and I'd pull this one over and this one over, I'd look up the Strong's number, and then I'd go over to Vines, I'd look up the Vines number, then I'd go over to Kittle, and I'm like, man, now, boom. Oh, wow. That's awesome. These are, there's men and women that dedicate their whole lives to studying the Greek and the Hebrew, and they've condensed it on a phone app for you. I mean, that's pretty powerful. With podcasting, MP3s. Do you know, in the day, we used to have play tapes. We had a little tape player, and then on the back, before they did reverse tapes, we'd have to take it out, flip it over, put it back in. If you want to hear the rest of this tape, we should bring that back and make all you guys listen to tapes again. And when you're listening to Pastor Chuck, you know, when you're listening to Pastor Chuck, uh, which I love to do, you hear him on the radio, and I also have his MP3s, he would take these long pauses. I don't know what he was doing exactly, but we would think, I wonder if the tape broke, you know? And you'd have to open it up and go, oh, no, no, it's a long pause, and you just got to get used to that. That's how he communicates. But you guys have so many tools. We have so many tools today. There's really no reason for you not to study the Bible and grow in the grace of God. And so here they are. He doesn't know letters but he's teaching sound doctrine. Why? Because he got his doctrine, verse 16, from the Father. The Father's ready to give you doctrine as well. Verse 17, though, here's a key in learning, a key that we can't forget, that we can't neglect. If anyone wants to do his will, which is all of us today, you shall know concerning the doctrine. One of the keys of learning is doing. That's why one of the things that we'll ask you to do is just start serving here. That's where you're going to learn the most, by just serving One of the keys is obeying and doing the word. 
Because, you know, it's very easy to harden our heart toward the things of God when we're so saturated with the Word of God. And one of the ways I grew up early on is when I was a new believer, I had these long commutes in L.A., and I'd drive all over the place for my job, and traffic was bad, and, and I just listened to Christian radio all day. I just listened to Bible study all day. You know, in the morning, Pastor Chuck was on, Pastor John Corson was on, a lot of great pastors that were on in the morning that I would listen to, and inevitably, I'd be listening to someone on the way to work, and then that day at work, I'd get tested on what I learned in the morning. It was so frustrating. I'm like, no, I don't want to go through all these tests. I just want to go to work. just want to go to work. I don't want to have to be tested on this area of my life. And so some days, I just wouldn't listen, so I always want a calm day at work. That's all I want. I don't want to be tested on some spiritual thing, but what was the Lord doing? He was teaching me. He was giving me the doctrine and then giving me a test to obey it. Teaching me the doctrine and giving me a test to obey it. It's the same for all of us. It's no different. The degree of your spiritual growth will be directly related to the degree of your obedience. Because some of you are waiting for some big thing for God to do. And God's saying, but you need to obey me in that one thing. You got to go back to the one thing. No, I don't want to go back to the one thing. I got something. No, no, you need to go back to the... When you obey that, next will come. So important that we understand. If you're willing, you'll know. If you obey, you'll know. Then he gets to the point, doesn't he, in verse 19 as we wind down today. He just straight up looks him in the eye and tells him the truth when Jesus says, Didn't Moses give you the law and none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? You have the law, you don't keep it, and you're hatching a plot to kill me. And the people answered and said, You have a demon. Who's seeking to kill you? Jesus answered and said to them, I did one work and you all marvel. He's referring to the healing he did on the Sabbath. Moses therefore gave you the circumcision, not that it's from Moses, but from the fathers, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? And here's the whole sum of it all for them. Do you judge, do not judge according to appearance but judge with righteous judgment. If you like to write in your Bibles next to verse 24, just jot this, jot this down. You can jot a lot of things down. Maybe you have your own. But in my Bible, it says, looks can be very deceiving. Not everything is what it appears to be. And if that's the only way you make judgments, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Don't judge according to appearance. Judge with righteous judgment. You go, how do you do that? Well, there are times when you just need to step back and commit a situation to the Lord. You don't need to engage in murmuring and gossiping and slander. You just got to step back, keep your eyes on the Lord, get back to a close, deep relationship. I know things are going on around you. I know it's difficult and hard. I may not be able to experience the degree of difficulty that you're going in, but I get it. I know life's hard. I know it throws a few punches here and there that just like Jesus said in this world, you have tribulation. I get it. I may not know exactly what you're going through, but I understand. I'm with you. I'm side by side with you. Be careful not to judge according to appearance. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that the Lord wants. Just righteous judgment. Let the word of God be your guide. Jesus tells them the truth, and what do they do? They attack him. They attack him. You go, Ed, how do they do that? Well, in verse 20, it says, the people answered and said, you have a demon. Who's seeking to kill you? You know, personal attacks are common. It happens a lot in debate. Like on a good, healthy debate where you're discussing something and you have a point of view that's rooted in Scripture. They have a point of view. And as you're talking, when someone's argument or point is shown to be groundless or untrue, they often will revert to a personal attack. Have you noticed that? A personal attack. There's actually a technical phrase for that. For those of you who've taken logic classes or debate classes, there's a technical phrase. It's called an ad hominem attack. 
And it's an attack on the person. Now, these things happen even way back when we were on the schoolyard with our kids. You remember you were talking about something, uh, some great issue about what the best kickball was. And I believe the best kickball is the soccer ball. And I believe the best kickball is the red one. And, and then you start going and all of a sudden the guy goes, well, your mom's ugly. <laughs> and you're like, what? We thought we were talking about kickballs. Yeah, but your mama's this and your mama's that. And what did you do? Well, your mama's ugly. Have you seen her lately? And you know, you're just like back and forth. And now you're not debating about the issue anymore, are you? You're debating about whose mom's the ugliest or whatever. And it's like, whoa, that's a personal attack. It knocks you off guard, doesn't it? You were talking about some substance in a topic. And because they didn't like what you said, they just started attacking you. It still happens today. They're, they're going to do that with Jesus. Did you know? They're, they're going to make fun of his mom. They're going to emphasize or accuse him of being illegitimate, which is a blow upon his mom. It's no different. Jesus went through it. You and I go through it. You know, maybe it's not about moms these days, but you might be debating something or talking about something serious at work. It may even be the things of the Lord. And they'll just say, well, you're just an idiot. Really? Well, you're a jerk. You know, now you're not. Now you lost your witness. Now you lost your testimony. You flip out. You know, you take the water cooler out. and You go, here, take this. You need to be baptized. You know, and just now they're taking you out in handcuffs. Oh, yeah, we were talking about the Lord. But now because they got you. Why? Because they went personal on you. They went personal on you. And you just got to be careful. It's typical. It's regular. And may the Lord protect us from just responding personally. It just, just don't go there. It happens right here with Jesus. You, you're the devil. They just call him a devil. You're, you're Satan. And he doesn't respond. He doesn't take the bait. Instead, he just says, hey, look, Moses gave you circumcision. You guys aren't keeping the law. He was so gracious with them. He's stern, but gracious. He's like, you guys, you guys are wrong. Man, you guys are circumcising on the Sabbath. I healed a guy. What's the difference? And so the sum is, don't judge according to appearance. Be careful. You know, maybe the Lord has given you a great word to share with someone. If they turn on you, just be real careful. Even when you're attacked, don't ta- attack and re- return. Just really walk in the spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Jesus' teaching is solid. His testimony is unchallenged. His righteousness is proven, and they still attack him. Wouldn't you expect the same thing in your life where you're not completely righteous, your testimony isn't completely perfect, and your teaching isn't always solid? If it happened to Jesus, remember, we're going to share in those that we follow, and we're going to share in this part of his life as well. That the Lord would just protect us from getting caught up in secondary things. I'm not saying that they're not important and not that we don't take a biblical stand on things. We certainly do. But I'm talking about the people that don't want an answer. They just want to argue. They don't want to learn. They just want to prove their point. And you know, your time is so precious and so valuable. Present it to the Lord every morning. So today is your day, God. How would you have to use me? Protect me from these arguments. Protect me from these things. And really, God, God guard me from judging according to appearance. Just let me trust you in your righteous judgment. Amen. This is Abounding Grace with our Bible teacher and pastor, Ed Taylor. To give the study in the Gospel of John a second listen, just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through the Calvary Church app. You can search for Ed Taylor to download that today. 
You know, it's one thing to get married and a whole other matter to stay that way. And today we'd like to recommend a book written by Steve Carr called Married and How to Stay That Way. It contains a wealth of practical solutions all based in the Bible written in a counseling style with practical encouragements from start to finish. It even includes discussion questions at the end of each chapter and a study guide. It's a great book to go through with your spouse or in a small group Bible study. And we'll gladly send you a copy for a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. And thank you for remembering us in your prayers and your giving to the Lord. Your gift, whatever the size, will serve to help us reach thousands with the message of Christ. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. Again, that's 877-30-GRACE. You can also request this and other resources online at calvaryco.store. If you just like to make a donation and you're not interested in the pick of the month, you can just go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Connect with us through social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. There's a link to each page at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another study in the Gospel of John coming up next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.